How do you take on digital marketing for your business? One bite at a time. Hey there, and welcome to the Pancake Digibytes podcast, where each week we share tips and tricks for successful digital marketing and interview other business owners about their learning moments and successes with marketing. Here now, your host. Hey, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, or good evening. Rihanna Hill here today interviewing Kimber Hill, no relation that we know of, (laughs) on some very cool things. Excited to continue this Breakfast with series. Kimber is the founder and CEO of VertForce, the organization bridging the gap between America's active duty military spouses and virtual careers. Kimber's work with VertForce has seen over 200 military spouses hashtag hired in less than 18 months and made a $6.5 million economic impact on the military community. So, hey, how are you today? Hey, I'm great. Rihanna, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I really appreciate you being on here and really excited to hear more of your story. Yeah, I'm honored to be a guest and I appreciate you giving me a platform to share our voice and share our mission. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and kick this off with a very important question then. All right. Your pancakes. Okay. So there is a little bit of a story behind how I like my pancakes. My mother growing up would always make blueberry muffins Right. And my aunt would always make chocolate chip pancakes. So my favorite place to order pancakes at a restaurant is at Cracker Barrel. And I will usually get the blueberry because they have those big fat blueberries that they put in there and they just burst under the heat. But if where I'm eating or where I'm cooking does not afford for me to be able to put real blueberries in the pancakes instead of, you know, dried blueberries, there's a difference, right? (laughs) Then I want chocolate chip. Okay. No, that's always mixed in the batter. Not, not just dumped on top. It has to be mixed in the batter and cooked that way. And nice and thick too. So they're not burnt. Yes. Yeah. And I like them big. I don't like the tiny Oh, it is such a disappointment whenever I go and order pancakes somewhere and they come out and they're like silver dollar pancakes. They're little. Yeah. Even if there's 10 of them, it's just a disappointment to me. <laughs> I can get on board with that. Very cool. Well, tell us a little bit more about who you are as a person. What makes you, you? Well, I grew up on a farm in Alabama and I have five brothers and sisters And I have a very strong work ethic, but as I was growing up, I was always just a little weird. And uh, my brothers were so great at sports. My sisters went into the military. They went into the the army and I just wasn't really coordinated (laughs) and I was weak. So I got into trying to figure out, you know, who am I? What do I like to do? What, what am I good at? And one of the things that I was really good at was was all things digital, all things film, all things theater. And that's where I really blossomed and bloomed. So I took that with me throughout life and got a a degree in film production. I've done a lot of marketing work. I've done a lot of voiceover work and, and, uh, 
Yeah, that's, I think in life you, you bloom where you're planted and we're all given different gifts. We're all given different talents. And I used to be so jealous of my brothers and sisters, but um, eventually I found, you know, who I am and, and what gets me going. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Especially coming from a big family, it can be hard to kind of carve out your own identity too. Yeah. And being the baby of six, you're constantly looking up and saying, when am I going to be like so-and-so? When am I going to be like you? And, you know, it's interesting when you get there to look back on the journey and say, maybe your path isn't necessarily my path, but I respect you. Absolutely. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Do you have brothers and sisters? No, I'm an only child, um, but my mom comes from a family of, of five siblings. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have lots of cousins that have lots of siblings. So that has certainly been something we've talked about before. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'd love to hear more about your business. This is very intriguing, especially for me as a military spouse. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people out there would love to hear more. So please dive in depth. Let us know. Yeah. Well, I became a military spouse a few years ago. And I had built a career for myself in the government contracting industry, doing all of the things that I love, information systems, information technology, doing training videos and film work, and just loved it so much. And all of it was really dependent on me being in a physical building, just because of the way the government works. And my husband, who is also from my hometown, Moulton, He and I were living in Huntsville, Alabama, and we decided at the time, well, we want to get married. And he said, I remember having a discussion and talking about how, what kind of life he could provide for our family and how, you know, his trajectory of what he could do for our family would be, um, you know, magnified if he joined the military. And also that his heart was really set on joining the military He had wanted it since he was a kid and his parents said, no, go to college first. So he went to college and he gets out of college and he still wanted to go. And so we were at this kind of crossroad. And uh, so I supported him and said, if that's what you want to do, do it. So he went to officer candidacy school for the Navy and became an aviator for the Navy. And we got married as soon as he graduated. And then the very next week, we were PCS'd to our first duty station in Pensacola, Florida. And then I was suddenly 500 miles away from my career industry. So that was an absolute shock. And I met a lot of other military spouses and a lot of aviator spouses who were dealing with the same things, you know, master's degrees, uh, women who had uh, graduated law school and gone through the bar just highly skilled positions all the way to entry level, just getting out of college, not really knowing what to do, but feeling like their whole career was now going to be based on what's going on with their spouse's career. So I knew that a solution could be remote work. And because of that, I launched VertForce and our mission was to help teach military spouses how to pursue remote work opportunities. And over the course of the past two years, that's evolved into we're teaching you, we're preparing you, 
And we're also matching you with our employment partners who are looking to hire remote team members. And that's how we've seen over 200 military spouses hired just in 2019. In 2020, that's projected to increase to 700 military spouses hired. And I feel like we're making a big difference. And I know that if I were on the other hand and I had found an organization that would do this for me and and work for me like this, I would be very grateful. And I feel very blessed to be seeing military spouses get hired every week, even through coronavirus, even through what we're dealing with right now, we're still seeing people get hired. Absolutely. That's wonderful and makes such a huge impact for so many people. Yeah, it really does. And I think when you can, and you work from home, so you get it. It's nice to have something that moves with you when you PCS. Yeah. And it's nice to have something that you can contribute back to your household. And, you know, in some cases you may, you may be earning more than your military significant other. Um, I know I see that a lot and it's not that that's important, but it's awesome to know that you have the power and capability to harness that uh, modem of employment from your home office. Absolutely. Especially now with the internet, making those kinds of things possible and virtual workforces becoming a lot more accepting. It opens that door for that possibility to a population that otherwise wouldn't necessarily be able to find Mm -hmm. employment. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool that you get to be a part of that. Yeah. I'm very honored. Awesome. Well, what has been your favorite memory in the business so far? Mm. Hands down, without a doubt. It was, we were partnered last year with an organization called Ira and Ira is a cool company. They help people who are visually impaired see throughout their day by giving them a pair of glasses with a camera and by connecting them to a video chat with an agent. And we've been staffing agents for Ira for a while. And we got a message from one of our girls who we sent to Ira and had been working there for several weeks. She said, first of all, I'm not a morning person. In fact, you know, I normally don't get up until I have to. She said, but I love my position with Ira so much that I get up um, before my husband leaves for work to start an extra shift. And then she said, moreover, I've been able to completely come off antidepressants since starting this job. And my whole life has changed because I'm able to work from home. And now I have something of meaning in my life that's outside of just being a mother and a spouse. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. It is really powerful. We've, we've had several other powerful ones too. I, I remember helping a friend invert force. I mean, she looked for months and I was feeling the discouragement with her too. A job search can just generally on the general job market can take you more than six months. But when you shift that to remote, it can take longer, right? Up to nine, uh, nine. I've, I've seen it go as long as nine. Um, and she was pushing the nine month mark and I was feeling it with her. Just like, I don't know what, what is going wrong, why you're not landing. And suddenly we wake up one morning and she has an offer for a $60,000 work from home 
director level position that she had been dreaming, dreaming, dreaming about. And she had plenty of opportunities to take something um, that would not be salary, not be what she wanted. And I think she did pick up a couple, but she never stopped looking for that perfect job in her opinion. And I think everyone has their own idea of what remote work looks like and what remote work should be like in their own life. You know, maybe you want to do gig-based work. Maybe you want to be a freelance entrepreneur and pick up your own clients. Maybe you're looking for a standard nine to five from home. Maybe you're looking for part-time 1099 work. It just, it's different for everyone. And her vision was, I want to be an executive. I want to be a director and I want to be able to do it from home. And she landed it. It took a long time, but it happened. And I always glow when I, when I think about her journey. And I know it's the journey of so many. Absolutely. That's wonderful. That's got to be really encouraging for people who are in the middle of that journey right now to know, okay, we're going to get to this point at some point. Exactly. We'll get there one day. Sometimes it's sooner. I was talking to a military spouse who I interviewed on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. uh, the the Vert Force podcast. I think it was episode number 22. We interviewed Heidi. And Heidi I don't think this made it into the episode, but it only took her four days. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah, it just, it's different for everybody. And you can't really compare yourself when you start the search, but you just kind of have to settle in, buckle up, and be prepared for what's ahead. Absolutely. That's great advice for a lot of things. Yeah. So let's get into the sticky stuff a little bit now. What are some of the major challenges in your business that you've had to overcome or perhaps that you're still working on? Major challenges. We've been fortunate to not have anything completely derail our organization. Our organization is two years old. Prior to this, I had been an entrepreneur in my spare time, just dabbling in areas. I And I've been very committed to launching an Amazon storefront. And I was successful in launching that in the UK and in the US. So when I started Vertforce, I didn't realize what it was going to turn into. So I think being brave enough to, to say, this is what it can be, this is what I want it to be, and being brave enough to leave the other the other businesses behind, I had to close two businesses to pursue this one with the um, all, with the fullness of heart, mind, and soul that I should be pursuing it with. So that was a challenge for me personally. Within our team, and within you know the way that we run the organization, graduating from a baby startup to a full-fledged small business in its early years was a big challenge. And when I say baby startup, I mean, you're trying to find ways. You you believe in what you're doing, right? We believe in military spouses as candidates. We believe they're the perfect fit for remote work. We believe in finding employers and helping them match with the right military spouse. So that's the easy part, right? That's what's driving you. 
But from the beginning, you're looking for opportunities to sustain your business and sustain your team members. You're looking for revenue. You're looking for a way to make what you do sustainable so you can do it for a long time. And you start finding little ways in the beginning. I think the first thing we ever did was we monetized our newsletter. All right. Well, work continues to build. Work continues to grow. You create a newsletter. And the next thing you know, you're creating not a monthly newsletter, but a weekly newsletter. And the next thing you know, all of the people who want to be in your newsletter want it to go out every day of the week. And the next thing you know, you've got to graduate from a newsletter, right? You've got to find something more sustainable than an email push button. So being transitioning from the baby into, uh, into what we are now was a big challenge. Because it's, it's not just, okay, you can con- conceptualize the product that you want to put forward, but are you conceptualizing the processes, the systems, and the tools that you need? So one of the biggest and bravest things that we did was we graduated from, I think, a $20 a month email system to a $500 a month CRM system. Now, granted, our $20 a month email system had begun to cost us close to 200 a month because every time we were adding new contacts to it, it was going up in price. That's how they get you, right? Um, so making that leap, making that step, and then saying, listen, it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to transition into a full-fledged you know, enterprise and open different departments and start building out our team. That was hard. It was scary. I mean, it still is scary, and I think it's scary for any business owner, but you just have to be brave enough to do it. Definitely. That's some fantastic advice and a really wonderful story. I think a lot of, a lot of business owners kind of go through those phases of growth, and it can be hard. It can be really hard to get to that next, next level. Perseverance is key, too, that just don't give up. You pick what you want and go for it. If it doesn't work... Give it 60 days, give it 90 days. If it's not working, ditch it and move on. It's it's not a failure. It's a lesson learned. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of lessons learned in business. <laughs> Very cool. Let's go ahead and shift gears a little bit here and talk about your first jobs. What were some of the first jobs that you had and have those helped you in any way get to where you are now? That's a great question. So I first say my first job was picking chick- picking up chicken eggs out of the chicken pens and feeding the baby calves on the farm. I would get $5 a week for that. And that was out on my parents' farm, I'll specify. And I remember that growing up very money conscious and growing up knowing that if I saved my money... I would be able to use it on things that were important to me. So my parents taught me that at a very young age. And I do think that that has instilled this entrepreneurial spirit in me, knowing that I can control my revenue, uh, my personal revenue, and I can make it make sort of my own, you know, economic future happen. And they taught me that at a young age. And, you know, I think my first job out of high school was being a Sonic car hop. I think I lasted two months before I was just like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) I hate this. And my boss was such a jerk. (laughs) I remember one time he made me um, a root beer float 
and said, I mean, he said this seriously, not joking. Um, don't say I never did anything for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oof. I was like, I don't want a root beer float. <laughs> anyway, I just, I did not like that job. Um, so this is what I did. I made my resume. I had nothing to put on my resume, right? I had my sonic car hop job and some college classes I had taken in um, high school, but I had all of my skills and things that I knew that I was good at. I printed it off and I just started walking the streets of the closest city. And I was walking into businesses and handing my resume out. And I think that, you know, the the work ethic that my parents ingrained in me when we when I was growing up on the farm and knowing that my brothers and sisters were already working and already had great jobs, that really motivated me to to do that, to get innovative and just start walking. And this was before LinkedIn. This was, I think, before Facebook. Um, And someone hired me. Uh, Her name was Glee. Glee Interiors on Bank Street in Decatur, Alabama. And I worked for her through the rest of high school and even summers when I came home from college. And she... I, I don't know that I would say anything I learned there had really shaped me, but I always reflect back on that as she taught me what work stamina is. She taught me what perseverance is. And she was a, a woman business owner, a, a female entrepreneur, and it had her interior design company for over 20 years when I started working for her. And I think it was good for me at that period in time to see a woman running a business with an all-female staff um, and just kind of see her in command, see her setting her prices, seeing her not being afraid and not backing down. So I think she set a wonderful example for me. Um, so those are my early jobs. And I do believe that they kind of make up, make up my character and how I perform today. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Very cool story, especially getting some mentorship somewhat from another woman business owner to get to this point. Right. She could have never known. And I don't think I could have known at that point in time that I was going to own a business. I didn't want to be an interior design. I just wanted to work on a team. I needed something stable that I could do when I'm home from college and when I get out of school in the afternoons and and through the summers. And um, she was just really generous too. I remember that. I remember she was the first person who ever gave me a Christmas bonus. She would invite all of us into her home at Christmas time for a work party. And she would make little, I couldn't drink at the time I was under 21. So she would make me little, a little champagne flute full of sparkling water and would drop big fat muscadines in it. And those were Jingle Bell drinks that we had every Christmas. And I remember she handed me a card one day and I opened it up and there was like $500 in it. And I just remember thinking, uh, bosses do this? Um, business, what? <laughs> what is this? Uh, and it was, it just set a good example for me and to see, to see what that's like and experience it. We were a really small team too. So I know that not everybody gets that experience and gets that luxury, but it, it, 
left a good impression. Absolutely. That's wonderful. I love that. Um, well, I love to kind of pop this fun random question in here, but what is a unique skill that you have? Oh, a unique skill that I have. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I can edit. I can, I can make a movie by myself. I can film it, light it, boom it, be the talent, edit it, produce it. I can do full cycle for you. <laughs> hey, that's pretty unique. I don't think I know anyone who can do that. <laughs> that's awesome. the only thing I can think of right now. That's awesome. No, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, oh, oh, I have lots of, I can do this. Oh my goodness. Yep. This is gross. If everyone who's listening, you can't see, but I can move all my joints in weird directions. Hey, that's, there you go. Something unique. I love it. <laughs> Great way to get to know people. <laughs> yes. Um, well, knowing what you know now, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's just getting started perhaps in their entrepreneurial journey or even just their career and, or perhaps what's something that you wish you knew when you first got started? I think it's for me, if I would have known everything I know now, it might've scared me away from doing what we, what I'm doing and what we're doing. So Ignorance is bliss. Follow your heart if you have a passion for it. For it, um, go for it. If you want to do something, do not hesitate. Research how to do it. Just in time, education. Figure it out immediately, and go ahead and implement. One of my favorite things to say is start ugly. Just start. If you wait until you think you're going to have it perfect. You're never going to do it. Excuse me. <laughs> the hiccup. Cool. So, uh, yeah, and don't don't let the fear of the unknown intimidate you. My favorite word is perseverance. You're going to need to understand that and what it means to you, what it means to persevere, because I think everyone has moments where they say, I'm ready to give up or I'm ready to sell, I'm ready to be done. And that looks different for everybody. For me, it happens It happens when I've got too much on my plate and when I've been going too long and when I'm not seeing the kind of results that I expect to see. So I think definitely flex on what your idea of results is. Be flexible. Be grateful when you see things happen, whether it be what you wanted to happen or not, and understand what perseverance means to you. Great. That's fantastic advice. I definitely would have loved to hear that when I first got started. Um, so where can people find you online? You can find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash career gal with a K. And you can also find me on the Vert Force podcast. We talk about all things remote work. Today we released a really fun episode, episode number 24, and it's about famous remote workers from cavemen to Walt Disney. More specifically, it's about remote workers 
who did amazing things while they were quarantined. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So you can find us there on the VertForce podcast, just any podcast platform, search for VertForce. You can find us on Facebook, V-I-R-T-F-O-R-C-E, our business page and our private group. And if you are a military spouse or a veteran or affiliated with the military community, you can join our job board, jobs.vertforce.us, and browse jobs. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, sharing all this great advice and your wonderful story. So appreciate your time. Rihanna, thank you. This was so fun. Excellent. Well, thank you to our listeners and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate your time and hope you found value from today. Be sure to share this with someone if you learned something or let us know if you have any questions by visiting us on Facebook at Pancake Digital Solutions. Thanks so much.